Welcome to Exploring Food Allergy Families, a podcast with real talk, relatable conversations, and practical tips focused on navigating the impacts that food allergies have on families, relationships, and mental health. I'm Tamara Hubbard, licensed therapist and the host of Exploring Food Allergy Families. Please remember that while this podcast offers general advice, it should never replace medical or mental health care guidance from your own healthcare team. Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me today for another episode of Exploring Food Allergy Families. I know lately that we're all learning to adjust to a new normal as we're navigating this COVID pandemic together. I don't know about you, but I find that my thinking about all of this is changing on a daily basis, sometimes by the hour. Some days I have motivation, other days I don't, and I'm even finding that my sense of resilience ebbs and flows by the day. It's definitely a lot of change all at once, and as we know, change isn't always easy. Speaking of changes and new normals, I I think that there's a huge parallel here between navigating COVID and navigating food allergies because getting used to navigating life with food allergies can definitely be an adjustment, right? Some acclimate to those changes quickly and others don't. When we learned of our son's food allergy, it definitely hit me and it hit me pretty hard. It didn't matter that I was a licensed therapist trained in helping others navigate tough emotions. I was in a minefield with my own thoughts and feelings. So many of them swirling around in my head and at that time they were pretty much negative in nature. I was thinking things like, I'm never going to be able to confidently parent a child with a food allergy, or I just know that anytime we eat out, my son's going to have an allergic reaction and I'm not going to be able to handle that. Some days I quite literally felt trapped in negative and fearful fearful thoughts. Keyword here being trapped. So that leads me into the topic of today's episode, which is exploring thinking traps. Great. That's the topic. What exactly are thinking traps? Well, the clinical term for thinking traps is cognitive distortion, which essentially means a thought pattern that causes us to perceive reality through skewed perception, usually a negative one. So let's take a closer look at the domino effect that thinking errors can cause. Since these thinking errors often trigger feelings of pessimism and self-doubt in our abilities to deal with tough scenarios, it's no surprise then that levels of anxiety and fear may increase after thinking those self-defeating thoughts. It's a literal domino effect that can lead us into a storm of overwhelm and stress. It also doesn't help that it's not always easy to identify that we've fallen into these thinking traps since they often become a habit after a while. If you find yourself identifying with the following things, you may be falling into these thinking traps. So if you find yourself often using the word should in your self-statements, or you tend to guess what's going to happen as if you have a crystal ball and then you get totally fixated on those assumptions. Or you find yourself thinking in extremes, that things are always or never a certain way. Or maybe you feel like you're the victim of external events and situations, or on the flip side, that you often feel like you're the reason that everything goes wrong. The reality is, is it's totally common to have thinking errors. Most of us do without even realizing it. It doesn't mean that something's wrong with you, though. These thinking errors and traps just tend to make situations in life in general worse, Or what I like to say, it makes things feel more or less workable for you. That is, they impact how you perceive situations and your ability to navigate through them. Okay, so we've now explored why thinking traps can trip us up. Now let's review nine common thinking traps with a food allergy spin to see if any jump out as ones that you've fallen into. 
Number one, all or nothing thinking. This looks like thinking of extreme outcomes. You don't see any other possible outcomes. Things will either be really good or really bad. So here's an example of all or nothing thinking. When my child starts school, he will be bullied for having a food allergy. It's literally thinking in extremes that you're gonna, your child's gonna start school and they will be bullied. It's gonna be really bad. So that's all or nothing thinking. Number two, another common one is catastrophizing or sometimes we call it awfulizing. That means that you imagine worst case scenarios, no matter how unlikely they may be in reality. An example of catastrophizing would be, if I have a reaction, it will be really bad and my epinephrine autoinjector won't work. You're literally thinking that worst case scenarios are going to happen. Number three, the next one is fortune telling. So with this thinking trap, you're predicting future things will be bad, that things are already set in stone and nothing you can do will change it. Thinking something like, at my next appointment, I just know I will be diagnosed with another allergy might be an example of fortune telling. And that's a thought trap, of course. Number four, overgeneralization. This looks like thinking that every single event is part of a series of bad events that will keep happening again and again. Here's an example of that. Thinking something like, since one of my classmates made fun of me because I had a food allergy, all of my classmates are now going to start making fun of me too. It's definitely taking it to the degree of everybody is going to be doing it rather than focusing on just the one situation. It's overgeneralizing. Number five, labeling. Labeling is attaching a negative label to yourself or others, even if it was a mistake or it only happened once. So saying to yourself something like, I'm untrustworthy since one time I didn't read the label well enough and my child had a reaction, would be an example of labeling based on a mistake or a single event. It happened once, but that doesn't mean that you are untrustworthy to read labels going forward. Number six, this example is for should statements. So this is a common one. Should is actually a really hard word to take out of our vocabulary, but it's one that we use often without realizing how judgmental it is. And typically we use should or shouldn't on ourselves. It's related to thinking errors because should relates to these ironclad rules for how self and others have to behave. And falling short of any of those rules results in feelings of like frustration, anxiety, and anger. So an example of should statements would be something like, I shouldn't feel scared after being diagnosed with a food allergy. I'm so disappointed in myself. You're literally judging yourself against a set of rules you've created, which may or may not be accurate rules. Number seven is emotional reasoning. So in this one, our emotions are evidence for truth. Whatever you feel is true will be true, despite evidence suggesting it's not. Saying something to yourself like, if I feel incapable of managing a food allergy or a reaction, then I must be incapable, is literally putting your fear and doubt in charge. And we'll talk about how to challenge this shortly, so put a pin in that. Number eight is external control fallacy. This thinking trap makes you believe that you're the victim of fate, which you have no control over what happens, basically. An example of this would be thinking to yourself, no matter how careful I am, I'm still going to have a reaction. This thought suggests that you have no positive impact on outcomes of scenarios, which just isn't true. And finally, the ninth one is internal control fallacy, which suggests that you're completely responsible for everyone's happiness or pain. Thinking to yourself, 
my child is unhappy about his allergy because I'm not doing a good enough job making sure everything is perfect for him, even with his allergy, is giving yourself way too much power. We can't control or determine others' feelings. So that's, of course, a thinking trap. Okay, so we've now reviewed some common thinking traps with a food allergy spin. Maybe you've had a couple of Oprah aha moments along the way as I'm reading these and realized you're pretty good at using one or more of them in your own thought process. Let's move on now to dealing with the thinking errors and give you some tips and strategies to deal with them. The following three steps that I'm gonna review are uh, strategies that can easily be modified to be used with kids and teens as well. A quick note before we jump into this part, it might actually be helpful to think of a time when you were using one of these thinking errors that we just talked about. That can help you imagine walking through the strategies we're gonna cover and helping to reframe and challenge them. So I'll give you a few seconds to try and think of a scenario, but if you can't come up with one, it's no worries. All right, now on to the steps. What do we do about thinking traps? How do we deal with them? How do we challenge them? How can we reframe them? Step one is simply to recognize the thinking traps. So notice that you're subscribing to a thinking error. Just notice it. You can then try to name which one it is. Are you catastrophizing? Are you overgeneralizing? Are you using should statements? I literally encourage people to say to themselves internally, usually, something like, I notice I'm catastrophizing again. I notice that I'm overgeneralizing. So notice it and name it, and then say to yourself, I notice that I'm thinking that way. That leads into step two. Simply also notice or be aware of the emotions that arise when you're in this situation and you're falling into these thinking traps. You don't even necessarily need to do anything more than that. Just notice the emotions. Are you feeling more anxious? Are you feeling more scared? Does it make you sad? Just notice them. Be aware. Step three is using questions to challenge the thinking traps. So I'm going to give you a few examples of these questions, but know that you can make up your own to challenge these. I just want to make sure that you have some readily available to use. One question might be, has this happened before? And if so, what was the outcome? This question really helps test reality. So it's a strategy we called reality testing. And it uses information from previous situations to help you break free from the negative thinking trap that you're stuck in currently. Another question could be, what's the worst that could happen and how can I deal with it? So with this question, it's important to stay focused on strategies and facts focusing on what you do rather than letting the anxious or worry thoughts divert your attention. It's easy to get caught up in the emotion of thinking of worst case scenario, but we want to stay focused on what we can do and what impact we can have on the situation to keep it from being a worst case scenario situation. You could also ask yourself, will this matter to me as, as much in a week, a month, or a year? We tend to exaggerate the importance of things in the present moment rather than remembering to look at the bigger picture. So asking if what's happening currently in the situation that makes you feel uncomfortable and has you falling into a thinking trap is something that's going to matter so much later on might help you reframe. And another question would be, I love this one actually, I recommend this in a lot of situations. What would I say to a friend in this situation? I love this question to challenge thinking traps because we typically are more compassionate, forgiving, and less hooked by thinking traps when, we give it, when we're giving advice to a friend versus when we give advice to ourselves. What you're going to say to a friend, the tone, 
the language that you're going to use when you give advice to your friend is probably going to be very different than what you'd be saying to yourself, which tends to be more judgmental. And here's the bonus fourth step that I like to add in as well. Use encouraging self-talk statements to challenge your thinking errors, such as, the situation is tough, but I've gotten through hard situations before, or I can feel scared and uncomfortable, but I can still get through it. Okay, so let's recap all that we've explored today, because we sure have explored a lot. Thinking traps are patterns or thought responses to situations that tend to make us see things through a negative perspective. They're normal. Most people have some kind of a thinking error pattern that they're used to using without even realizing it. But they're not super helpful since they tend to make us doubt our abilities to deal with a tough situation or make us worry more than we need to. The steps we can take to challenge or get rid of thinking traps are, step one, notice and name the error or the trap that you're falling into. Step two, become aware of the emotions that you're feeling as well. Step three, challenge your thinking errors with questions that help you remember that you've dealt with tough situations before and likely have the strategies to get through them again. And that extra fourth step is using more encouraging self-talk statements to help you bust through the negative self-talk statements. Okay, so we definitely covered a lot in this episode, a lot of useful information and tips. But if you're like me and you listen to podcasts while taking a walk or driving in the car, you don't have an opportunity to jot notes down and you're not always gonna remember it. I know I don't. So don't worry, you can find an interactive worksheet and a blog post on this very topic of thinking traps on the podcast page on the Food Allergy Counselor website. The podcast page is at www.foodallergyfamilies.com, and I'll make sure to list that in the show notes. Now, at the end of these more skill-focused episodes, I want to leave you with a challenge in hopes that you'll apply what we've talked about and what we've explored. I'm going to call that the take-home challenge. So as we wrap up this episode, here's your take-home challenge if you're up to it. At least once over the next week or so, I'd like you to try and identify which thinking errors you might be using. It can be related to food allergies or not related to food allergies, just something going on in your life. Then use the steps and strategies we've explored today to see if it helps you unhook from the thoughts, the negative ones especially, and leads to an outcome that feels more workable for you. So there you have it. We've reviewed thinking errors and thinking traps with a food allergy spin which you can use as parents, adults, and you can teach to your kids and your teens as well. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode of Exploring Food Allergy Families. Your feedback is a gift that I truly value, so please feel free to share your thoughts, topic ideas, or feedback on whether tips that we discuss in this podcast have been helpful. You can connect with me via the Food Allergy Counselor website or via social media, and I'll have those links listed in the show notes as well. So until we connect for the next episode, please be good to yourselves and take great care. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Exploring Food Allergy Families. Be sure to subscribe via your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss future ones. And if you're looking for an allergy-informed behavioral health care provider or for additional resources on any of the topics discussed in these podcasts, Visit the Food Allergy Counselor directory and website at www.foodallergycounselor.com.